Ozzy Dean on the line here on WSCR with Bob Brunley, Mike North, Fred Humner, Annie Mann. How you doing, Ozzy? Oh, shut the fuck up. That ball hit high and deep. Way back. Way back. And he's not quite out of here. Dad, get it. The mire to mediocrity. Tell me about when you were being interviewed for the potential White Sox manager's job. I was drunk. you got to be bleeping. But you've got some white new White Sox news to talk about. <laughs> yeah, here. White Sox, not just white news. White, white news. Sox news. <laughs> we left a key word out of there. White Sox news. Uh, yeah, we had uh, the Sox got uh, Oscar uh, um, Colas uh, from Cuba in the international. Keyword too. Colas. Yeah, Colas in uh, the number five international prospect. It was kind of a done deal. We talked about it like. Months ago, he I thought you wearing... and I talked about this a long time ago, and it was yeah. he had already signed. So I was well. Kind of like, what? He's been wearing White Sox gear on social media for like three months now. So Pretty snazzy gear. I mean, it's, yeah. It's I mean, South Side. Has he got the South Side collection on, or what's he, uh, what's he you know, he's you know he's just sporting some yeah some socks, some you know general you know his hat and and stuff. And uh, you know they signed him. Uh, not a surprise. They got another Cuban player on their team. That Cuban pipeline. The Cuban pipeline, he can play all three outfield positions. So that's good news. I'm he, guessing he's in his mid teens. Uh, I mean, is he really, he's got to be really yeah, young, isn't he? Yeah, he's in his, uh, no, uh, late. Uh, he played in Japan, actually, oh. this past 18 season. Or 19? Yeah. And um, this is the funny thing. You know, he's originally billed as the Cuban Otani, but has since ditched the pitching side of things to focus on. Um, just playing the outfield. Uh, so Probably people good. have finally stopped. How many, to him. How many next Otanis are we well, going to hear about? It's just funny that it, when it was brought up like three, four months ago when we first talked about it, when you actually read the article, the headline was socks to get Cuban Otani. And then when you read the <laughs> article, it was, well, not really because he doesn't pitch anymore. So it was, it was just hilarious, erroneous, basically. Yeah. He's got a great arm. He's probably going to be a corner infielder, obviously, because he's got such a great arm. And, and, and that's that. You know, he's got to put on muscle and stuff like that, but that'll call come over time. So uh, good news. They, you know, they got the guy they targeted. They, that seems to be, they seem to be able to, to do that um, year after year, especially if it's someone coming out of Cuba. So yeah. Um, so that's done. And, and maybe not so good news. Uh, one Dylan C says has switched agents and is now part of the Boris uh, group. So we'll see how that affects negotiations down the road for Dylan Cease and the White Sox. Although Boris has Dallas Keuchel, who the Sox were able to negotiate with and get him on his team, good or bad at this point. Uh, I think the White Sox are in a different state now that where like the old Kenny days where he wouldn't deal with them. I think Rick Hahn does not have a problem in dealing with them. So yeah, I, I think the whole Scott Boris thing is way overblown. I mean, it's it's by definition, an agent works for the player. It's not the other way around. The player gets what they want out of Boris, not Boris getting what he wants out of the player. So I think. Scott Boris loves this because his brand has been built to the to such a point where he's the the arch enemy of all owners and the the hero of all players. So that helps him sign more clients. So I I, I wouldn't I don't think there's any material 
change in how in how White Sox need to feel about the future of Dylan Cease with the White Sox. Um, I I think it's much it's it's a lot of bluster more than anything. Um, I guess it's kind of a strange timing why that's being announced right now, like in the middle of a lockout that that players are changing agents. I thought that was a, a, at least interesting. Uh, as you know, obviously the it's an uncertain landscape. So maybe I don't know who his Cease's previous representation was, but um, it was probably. I mean, that's the that's the thing you've never heard of most of the other agents. Scott, right? Brand, exactly. His brand obliterates all other sports a- baseball agents. So um, good for Cease, I guess. I mean, I don't know how else to how else to interpret. I wouldn't think that means like you said. I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf has found a way to negotiate deals with scott boris clients now so i think that's probably a thing of the past that would be any issue yeah i don't think it's uh much of an issue um but issues uh you know we do have an issue we we have an issue at second base with the white Sox, and and uh you and i uh had a discussion about this like really let's be let's be realistic and we got into this in the last episode None of the none of the shortstop free agents are going to move over to second, and asking Anderson to move over to second isn't a good idea. And just, probably having Mankata move back to second is is just a silly idea too. So, what is most likely to happen since there's not like really free agent second baseman out there anymore is something the White Sox uh, would love to do, and that would be work out a trade with someone. And you've got, you've got the trade capital to do that. That's that's why I think there's so much more logic to a trade for to fill your second base need than anything else. And there are seven. I have targeted out of wow. out, of, out of the teams, uh, the the thirty teams in thirty, right? Are we thirty? Yeah, we're thirty teams we're 30. in baseball. Yeah, thirty teams in baseball. Not thirty two yet. Not we're yet. Get there. We're gonna get there though. We might be talking about that in a couple weeks, actually. Yeah. So thirty. Expansion. Expansion, more money, um, um, more logos, team names. That's the shit I love, and a, a new a new aesthetic segment. Might oh. <laughs> uh, everyone, be on the edge of your <laughs> seats until, until that to that announcement occurs. But if you if you are if you are lacking in 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 your aesthetics, uh, if you're missing it, folks, you could always tune into the our football podcast, Limp Ditkas. Uh, because uh, Smitty's covered some uniform stuff on there if you're mm. really missing the aesthetics end of it. So tune into Actually, that. You can get the aesthetics, the special aesthetics podcast. The The segment itself has been broken into a podcast. Oh. Anywhere you'd like to find a podcast. Yeah, there you go. So tune in and get <laughs> get all the get all the deets on the hottest clothing items out there. But, but in uniform wear. Thank you. But we digress. Okay. Anyway, so there are as there are teams that that have an abundance of middle infielders mm. that happen during the trade f- fury the the signing fury uh um prior a few months ago 1st. prior for prior to december 1st and there's also teams that are w- looking to probably move some players cuz they're in final McNeil Jeff McNeil from the Mets. Yeah, I keep doing that. Sorry, Jeff McNeil. So what's going on there? The Mets, after they lost Javi Baez, signed Escobar out of Arizona. You know, he was supposed to add Eduardo Escobar. That's so strange because he was already on the White Sox. I mean, just just ask Bob. Just ask Bob. Bob Nightingale. Thank you. Also lurking in the shadows coming off his PED suspension is Robinson Cano. 
Oh, so, wow. Blast from the past. I forgot about that guy. We forgot about that. So yikes. What what are you what are you gonna do with, with Jeff McNeil? Um he can play multiple positions, but the Mets are are, are pretty loaded up. Uh and they're loaded up with with high um with costly salaries. Mm-hmm. So um Yeah, they I think, are. I think this, they've got the highest highest payroll for twenty twenty two already before they're even done assembling their roster. Here, here's the beauty of it because it's the New York mess, and I think they can fall into their own trap, and we can get a good deal out of this. Mm-hmm. McNeil's best season was 2019, which was the only season they actually utilized him as an everyday player. Wow! His his play in the Mets since then has been as a backup utility sort of guy. He's never he's not been an everyday player. Okay. In Twenty so. You know, they say, oh, his power numbers dipped. Well, yeah, he's not getting as many as bats. He only had like 400 and some at bats this past season, opposed mm. to to nearly. Oh, no. So I think there's an opportunity there. The Mets could use some pitching. The Sox have some pitching they can trade to them, um, as well as uh, some uh you know, prospects to help them refill that, that need. The other part of that is. And McNeil's Mc... controllable to 2025. Oh, wow. That, that sounds good to, for, for you guys. The other part of that is that, that Lindor and McNeil were the ones that had the famous fight over the rat versus raccoon in the dugout. So, right. I mean, no, Lindor's was... not going anywhere. Yeah, Lindor has $341 million uh, holding him there in New York for the next 10-plus years, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously that fight was not about rats and raccoons. There was, there was some shit going on there that came to the point where it was rumored that I think they were choking each other or had somebody up against the wall by the neck. Yeah, yeah not good. Uh, yeah, it, it's ugly. So there, there's there's lots of reasons that the, the Mets would be motivated uh, to get him out of there potentially, so... That's plausible. I like that. That's a plausible fit. The next is Gene Sugara from the Phillies. Mm. Now, why is this so wonderful? Well, the Phillies want a closer. We want a second baseman. The money's virtually Ooh. a wash. The money is a wash. Okay. It's it's 14.5 to Segura, and I think what was um Kimbrel 16, 16 or 17, 16, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the plus side for the White Sox is he has an, a 2023 option for 17. So it's not like you're just getting them for this year and have yeah. to worry about like signing them. So right now, the to me, the two most plausible have they are coming out of the NL East to the White Sox in a, in a trade scenario. You'll be dealing with Diamond Dave Dombrowski, which the I, Phillies, which I feel like we've. Dave, we've dealt with Dave in the past, so yeah, nothing um, comes to mind. But I'm sure they have. Yeah, uh, something, some nothing. Well, did was Dave at was Dave there for the Mankata trade in Boston, mm. or was no. that no, no, that was before. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I think so. So that's my number two. Number three, maybe not quite as sexy, but very possible is David Fletcher on the angels because the angels are going to want to try to win while they have Otani and hopefully a helpful, healthy Mike Trout and they're in desperate need of, of pitching. And, um, 
the White Sox can certainly provide uh, some pitching uh, for them if that's needed. What's what's great ab- about this for the White Sox is, and and why it, it'd be interesting to see if it could happen. But Fletcher is is only in year two of a five year deal for them, but they have other candidates that can play second base there. He had an off year this past year, so the Angels maybe sort of soured on him a little bit. So that is a possibility. Mm. Number four, we've talked about Glibber Torres from the Yankees. Wow. Word on the street, uh, you know, has been that the Yankees, the minute everything's figured out and, and, and everything opens back up, they're going to sign one of these shortstops that are left. Seems like they should be involved in that sweepstakes, but at that point, the Yankees have a plethora of middle infielders and the one they're least, uh, you know, the one they've soured on the most is, is Glibber Torres. Yeah. They've definitely consistent play. Yeah. They've definitely soured on him. So I've, I've heard that too. So that, that would be, that would be interesting. I would think that would take, quite a bit to get to get him off their hands uh potentially but who knows yeah uh it's it's it i don't know what i don't know what it would take i mean if if everyone believes that they're looking to move them you know that immediately we talked about this about the kimbrel thing too if words out that they want to get rid of a guy then it kind of devalues it a little bit a little, but they don't have to do anything. They're not in a position where they have to move him, so they could just say, "No, fine, yeah, fine, yeah, we walk away." Um, number five is is uh, your fucking A's, Tony Kemp. Whoa, Whoa. the a- the A's, you know, the A's not... are open for business. The A's are open that. for business. And what's even more compelling about this to me is how much business are they open to? Because I could see a big package deal here mm. where the Sox fill not only a second base need, but they fill a right field need with Matt Olson. Wow. And some huge package that's that re restocks the A's farm system and, and, uh, and gives the Sox control over two players till 2024. So uh, you'd and, be and moving so, Olsen from first out to right field? Yeah, he's he plays outfield uh, for the little, A's. Little. Yeah. Well, he's a first baseman. but he No, play. I know, yeah. Well, we love first baseman anyway. You do so. love your first baseman. He would be uh, – that would be a blockbuster. That's going to take a lot, though. I mean – Yeah. What but, would you be willing to give up for that kind of package? I mean, you're probably, you're probably looking at like you got to send like a Jake Berger in this package and uh, – Maybe some of the more higher ranked pitching prospects, Gavin like Sheets, we've, like we've done. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the question: Is it Gavin Sheets? Is it Andrew Vaughn? Who is it? Mm. You know. So, but I appreciate you're a, you're a White Sox fan that just doesn't say, "Well, give them a bunch of prospects." You know, nothing that hurts. I mean, most no, I mean, with, most I, people I mean, come up with these trade proposals and just say, "Oh, we'll just give them a bunch of prospects and we'll, we'll get give exactly them, who we we'll want. give them ten guys ranked from uh, fifty down. <laughs> yeah. They'll love it." Yeah, these trades hurt. I mean, that's why they don't yeah. happen every day. So if you if you want something good, well, you're gonna have to give up something good back. And unless then... you were trading with the Cubs this past offseason, then okay. it didn't okay. hurt too bad. That's true. Uh, number six, something that's long been rumored, and he's in the final year of his contract. Whit Merrifield uh, from the Royals. He's he's uh, six point five million dollar deal this year. 
They've got Bobby Witt Jr., who's they've pegged to be the everyday second baseman there. Witt Merrifield's the batting champion, isn't he? Or up up close to that? I mean, he he's been the one of the more coveted center infielders in in baseball for years since the Royals have been shitty for so many years yeah, now. But we know how the Royals work, and mm. they're probably not going to pay him the Dude. necessary money to keep him. Mm, so why not get something for him? Of course, they oh, could yeah. just sit on him till the trade deadline too, and and do it that way. So possibility again. I put that at number six because it's the same division, and we know that doesn't happen that often. Uh, And number seven is one because this would cost a lot, probably more than the White Sox would be willing to pay, but Kettle Marte from the Ah. D-backs. And the reason that would cost a lot is because there's still two club options on him. So the Sox essentially are going to get a potential all-star middle infielder. um, To have control over him for the next three seasons uh you know you're you're that's what uh, that's what rick Hahn looks for i mean we've seen it over and over again team control that, that's the yeah. deal he likes so so you're again here you're talking like jake Berger, steve or probably mm. maybe a gavin sheets or uh or um andrew vaughn yeah wow. you're, you know you're but that's why i put that one at number seven um but you never, I mean, you don't know. You don't know what the, I don't know what the I do not are totally looking for. Nope. And, and this, this was on my original list. And then uh, all that madness happened right before the lockout. And originally I had the Padres pegged as a trade partner because the Padres said they're, you know, they're in desperate need of a closer there. They've liked trading with you in the past. Yeah. So uh, worked out well for them. <laughs> it's worked out well for them. Um, <laughs> so uh, the problem is they traded away Frazier mm-hmm. uh, to the Seattle Mariners. Now the Sox, you know, all us Sox fans were hoping we, since they had Frazier, we were we weren't coveting Frazier. We were coveting Jake Cronenworth. Uh, really solid numbers. Really like very like well-rounded hitter. Be perfect exactly what the White Sox needed, need solid defender. The question is, I don't know. I, I'm looking, I was looking at the Padres. They don't have a, they don't have, they don't really have options there if, if they move him. So, you know, how important is it for them to get uh, a top line closer and then have to worry about filling the middle, uh, you know, a key position in the middle infield. But to me, that's just that's not really number eight. That's just like a dark horse possibility. Yeah. So those are my solutions at second base via trade. That's a, there's a lot of options out there. I think any of those makes makes more sense than going the free agent route and moving. You know, asking a top free agent to stop playing shortstop as we discussed last week and just move over to second, where it's, he has lower value going forward. It may uh, suck. Yeah, it may, not be, <laughs> it may not be very good. You don't you don't move your face of your franchise, Tim Anderson, away from his preferred position. No, so, no. yeah, I, I like that. Those are those are all plausible. I think I think that is the most likely most likely direction for the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, uh, outside of you know, just giving Kimbrel back to the Cubs and Nick Madrigal coming back over. 
Yes. Keep, and I just, dare to dream, White Sox Well, fans. I just I just did that for a nice smooth segue for you. So well, I've got a better segue than that. I'll, I'll take that segue <laughs> and top it. Whoa! I saw the craziest stat go across Twitter this week, and it kind of blew my mind. I kind of don't know how to even process it. I need your help how to how to think about this, but. Uh, so one of the stat agencies uh, went through and realized that not only the Cubs and the White Sox in their last uh, 400 and, no 3,470 games, each of them have a 500 record exactly. 1,735 wins, 1,735 losses. Both teams, not only are they both five... Not only they both have the same record, they're both 500, which is just that's just the kind of crazy statistical anomaly that I cannot I can't hardly process. With uh, I each out, with one world championship. Well, that's the thing. That this time. is this is roughly 20 years of baseball, 3470 games. Uh, so it's going back quite a ways to, to get this statistical anomaly to work out. But so, yes, that does include your 2000. Five World Series championship. It includes the the Cubs 2016 World Series championship. So literally, they have the same record and the same number of championships over that time. So that's that's just amazing. That, I think that's kind of a product of how much how much uh, how many games are played in baseball over a longer longer period of time. You can make things kind of work out any way you want. But I thought that was just fucking crazy. So you know, it was Jay. It was Jay Kuda who who pulled that. I don't know if you follow him. He I do he, now. He has. He's a White Sox fan. He just has crazy, crazy statistics. But he works for a real stat processing agency. It's not. It's not just him on his own. Is it? It's like Statcast, or I think he's part of Statcast or somebody. Oh, is that what he's? Some, okay. It's not Elias Sports Bureau, but it's one of those places. I I forgot what it was, but yeah. But he is a White he, Sox fan. Yeah, he well, at least in my feed, I always get like just a ton of of White Sox uh, okay. um, statistics out of him. So, and it's crazy. It's like crazy stuff. Like stuff, stuff. You know, definitely he's the guy. If you go on his feed, if you're looking like, oh, I wonder. This is kind of an odd stat, or like that whole like in between the numbers sort of thing, or what the what what the everyday statistics are and telling you about a player. He's probably posted it. Mm. So it's pretty cool. It's like, you know, it's like awesome free info for this podcast, you know, that we don't have to do all the legwork <laughs> on, on going to like StatCast and plugging in all this, all this criteria to spit out, to spit something out. So I think, I think the, what I take away from this uh, bizarre anomaly of statistical magic, you and I have been running this, this blog now a podcast for over 10 years we're approaching 12 years now on this so i think what that means is you and i have been arguing back and forth who's better who's worse you suck you suck we're the same we'll call it a draw <laughs> we're, we're identical yeah it's like the spider-man meme where they're just two spider-men pointing at each other <laughs> like we're, we're the same which is just just hard to hard to hard to imagine we've definitely gone through different paths to get to the exact same point over the last 20 plus years but here we are cubs and Sox fans <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah that, that's the only way i can process that but yeah i mean the argument of who's the better team is uh kind of out the door yeah. at the moment 
until the first game of the season, whenever that starts, and then we'll have well, we'll well, we'll day. have we'll have we'll have bragging rights at the end of this season. The Sox will. So yeah, we'll see about that. Media.